Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Nelson coming at you from Hello, Joseph. How is your terrace this morning? It's wonderful, although I'm almost out of coffee <laughs> because this is the Oh, you mean in your cup. And we've been talking for an hour. In my cup yeah. and in the brew. I made um, a massive coffee this morning. About as big as a little Chemex can hold. Mm. I, wor- I really wanted to brew at a Chemex. Um, I'm out of filters. Oh. It's a sad day. Well, I mean, I've, I've got the Kalita Wave and I've got Kalita I just, Wave filters. But I'm more I disappointed that we didn't talk about um, this while you visited me briefly at Conduit because we have a plethora of Chemex oh. filters. It's always good. Oh, no. I guess I will just have oh, to visit no. again. What I do want to stage some photos in our new space. <laughs> we recently just finished up moving and so it's really yeah. fun to show you the, yeah. the the space oh yeah it's really it's really wonderful i always love seeing i mean i've seen that space go through a lot of transitions over the years uh i came in i came in while you were like expanding out of the original room into the next room which right. is now like your main production space but i remember and it was small we had that tiny I little room or something about john doing drywall oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tiny room, and you had the ladder yep. up to the attic office, and you've ex- since expanded several times, and it, it looks really good. It was it was great walking around a couple days ago, checking it out. It's really nicely set up, both for from a business perspective, production, but also as a like a place to experience coffee yeah. as well. It's appreciate that really neat aspect. Yeah, it's hard. Space. You know, we talk about all the challenges in coffee a lot, and so it's uh, it's kind of it's always fun to feel accomplished and get that new vision or that vision kind of newly completed so we touched on this a few episodes ago in within the last five about brew ratios and talking about the it was the congo coffee that you had and you did a bigger brew ratio on it and it seemed to open it up oh yeah i agreed that there's something with kind of central african coffees for me that want a little bit more that was in the uh that was in the Kalita Wave versus Kalita Wave, uh, rinsed versus not, not rinsed episode, which, by the way, includes a full video version as we were testing out some streaming aspects. You can get that on uh, the Patreon. Go to coffeethaversradio.com, click the Patreon. But what you'll see if you watch the video is how I'm like <laughs> barely juggling the two brews on one scale and miscalculated how much water. So I like. <laughs> put way more water in than I wanted to. I was trying to do 16 to 1. And after I removed the filter, the water was like at the lip of the mug. Or the, the coffee's at the lip red of the flag. mug. Red flag. First like, red uh, flag. Yep. What did we do? <laughs> after we were bragging what about we keeping do? track of the math. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So I tried to brew 16 to 1, accidentally brew 18 to 1, and discovered that it opened up something in the coffee I hadn't seen before brewing that way. So that was, that was really an interesting accidental delight yeah that's cool i mean i think in that so i've been sort of playing with this episode idea with ratios because it's one of those topics that comes up a lot that we definitely take for granted and we've certainly talked about brew ratios Mm -hmm. before and a lot of our listeners know plenty about that but it kind of just occurred to me that you know it's good to think back of why we have brew ratios and it makes me not why we have brew ratios but why we pay attention to them and reminds me of a reason why we do our our manual pour overs because we can control that a lot easier than a, than a yeah. drip machine or a, you know some other robot. Yeah, one of the um, one of the most common challenges and questions that I get asked of me is how do I know if I'm making the coffee well? And the broad answer to that question because it's 
it's really hard, really hard at a distance without like working with the coffee and tasting it yourself, really hard at, the dis- at a distance to guide someone to know for sure that what they're having is good coffee and that it's done well. And so the easiest recommendation is, okay, brew at 17 to 1, right. brew at 16 to 1, you know, 18 to 1, whatever, get fresh coffee, grind it fresh. But you have an experience like, you know, like we've had with the Congo, where the, the, the taste experience between 16 and 18 to 1 is so noticeable. I think actually most people would notice that difference. Which makes and it it's a, a it's a preference it's a preferential difference for me too because so here's um so quickly a brew ratio is is mm-hmm. the amount of coffee to the amount of water and so when we say sixteen to one it means we're doing sixteen grams of water to each gram of coffee so my standard recipe yeah and that's right. used during right. the brew process so my standard recipe on the Chemex is usually forty grams in of coffee and about six hundred and fifty grams of water which is a little over sixteen to one. Mm-hmm like 16 and a half to 17 and mostly cause that's easy math for me to remember. Yep. So with the Congo, I've been, I think I mentioned this also that, you know, I had my dad in town, so I was making bigger pots on the Chemex. And so I went up to 50 grams to 800, which is a 16 to one ratio. But since our conversation, I've been drinking 18 to one, which is 900 grams mm-hmm. of water like almost a full liter of water in a Chemex. So that's what I mean by maxing out my poor little Chemex. But what I was going to say yeah. is about the preferential difference is <laughs> it's a lot easier for me to drink a full Chemex at 900 grams than it is for me to drink the full Chemex at 800 grams of water. And it's because of that, it just opens up more, that the coffee just kind of is sweeter and goes down easier, which is sort of what you discovered in on your side during the brew video. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really interesting. I don't think to play around with ratios too much because uh, usually i get set into approximations when i brew um i don't uh, i often don't get super exact like with the kalita wave i'm either doing 25 to 400 that's mm-hmm. 25 grams of coffee 400 grams of water or essentially right. 30 to 500 or sometimes if i accidentally pour 31 32 grams of coffee in <laughs> like while i'm weighing it out i'm like yeah that's fine and i'll throw it in there and i'll be right, like yeah right, right. 520 530 whatever but that's still like close to 16 right. 16 and a half to one you know not not deliberately right. and i usually up to to adjust one, my know? grind setting a little bit before i adjust my ratio that's always kind of my go-to mm-hmm. and this yeah same. i've adjusted the grind a little bit because it's it's you know 25% more volume of material in there, but not a lot, but really just letting it open up with a big, big wide ratio. Yeah. That's interesting. We should, I, I feel like experimenting more with that now. Yeah. So if any of our listeners hmm. have any ideas about theirs, about their brew ratios, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's fun to be reminded in coffee that they I think can make little is... changes like that. And still after these thousands and thousands of yeah. times of brewed coffee to kind of you know, realize or re-remember. This is a good one actually to experiment with because it, it, it is pretty easy to make the adjustment. You need a scale. You just either change the amount of coffee you put in or the amount of water. Yeah, you, right. do, you do need a scale for sure. Uh, I think this is even something that's super easy to play around with in an auto drip machine. Uh, oh, totally. Because you can. Uh, so a fun shortcut, uh, those of you who use auto drip machines, because you're usually putting water in by volume. Like it'll tell you the amount of cups or ounces or whatever. So if you can figure out the milliliters 
of what you got in there. One milliliter of water is about one gram of water. So you can use that in your measuring approximations to figure out how much coffee to put in Exactly. And most of them are like 1.3 liters. So that's 1,300 milliliters. So you can just backtrack uh, on our standard number four filter. Yeah. 1,300 divided by 18. And that's how much coffee you put in. 1,300 divided by 18. Everybody likes that math. 72 grams. So we always go between 70 and 75 on our drip machine at work. Doesn't have to be a fancy scale. You know, I use I use an Akaya here and played around with other like, yep. nice fancy coffee scales, but... It really helps to have a, yeah. a tenth of a gram increment on the scales, you know, instead of the half gram. And so look for that if you're going to buy true. one. I find the Bonavita scale is like 50 bucks and it's durable and works well and has a timer on it which is really handy how often do you use a timer when you're brewing almost every time but almost entirely out of habit it's like the it's just where my fingers go to like <laughs> hit that timer button on that scale and just do it timer is better just to you know dialing in a new coffee or even more importantly like a new roast like if you go from a light roast to a dark roast you get some you get some good differences yep so brew ratios those of you listening play around with them try 16 try an 18 let us know if you find something weird and intriguing. Uh, Aeropresses get all funky and weird. I do a lot of brew ratios that are closer to 10 to 1 and different grind settings at different times. From the mug. So I was on the phone this morning with some customer service on a completely unrelated thing. And yeah, we had a moment to chat while the computers were doing their work and started talking about coffee, obviously. Coincidentally, this guy's name was John. <laughs> <laughs> and i said that you know i work in coffee and he said that oh man he got a nespresso machine and it was the best what do you say nespresso the best thing that ever happened to me and he was just drinking coffee and thrilled with it and learned you know was making espresso type drinks with a milk frother and said he felt like a barista you know i mean there's the obvious kind of just sheer difference in in kind of the culinary coffee versus a, a nespresso machine and the geographical difference yeah. you know he was in Arizona and just how people take their coffee seriously different ways, you know, but it, it reminded me that, that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that drink like that. And the reason why brew ratios don't really come up that often is because we let the robot sort of think for us, you know, where you just kind of like, you're taking pre-ground coffee and you let a scoop mm. just determine how many scoops you put in. Well, they've figured out that pre-ground coffee that's, you know, three months old is going to weigh a certain amount and they design their scoops around that. And so like, you know, that's kind of a, a manual you know, design little jig to help you with your, your coffee. But then you get up to pod machines or Nespresso machines. And, you know, those are all very specific amounts of coffee that are in there versus the amount of water going into them. And the computers kind of control that. Nespresso is intriguing to me from a marketing perspective. They put a lot of effort into creating this sort of high class, I guess, brand, like feeling, sense. Like you see their ads and it's very oh, yeah. like, fancy feeling. Like here's here's what you do to to be right. really like the Javalia ads with your coffee yeah. so you get a Nespresso machine which is which is really interesting I mean it, it it demonstrates how little coffee is actually about coffee exactly <laughs> and and how much it is about how people feel that is when they have it yeah uh, that's which, like ninety eight percent of how we consume our coffee at least in in you know, North America. Yeah. That's funny. It's, it's like the, it's like how much coffee is in water. Like a brewed cup of coffee right. is 98.5% <laughs> yeah. water. 
your coffee consumption is 98.5 percent exactly how you feel when you drink it and 1.5 percent and that's what we say you know the best cup of coffee is one that like it's (laughs) it's the coffee that you want when you want it and the farmers got paid you know that's kind of like my threshold for a good cup of coffee is it something that you're satisfied with and did it come from a good source you know and that's what what drives me more these days than than the quality of the coffee even is how well treated and right. supported the farmers are. That is my greatest interest in in coffee now. Less so like going after, you know, coffees that are rated over 90 or have like really crazy tastes. Like, yeah, those are fun, but I want to see that the hands that made the coffee are deeply right. supported and invested in. And honestly, as long as that's the case, I don't care what the coffee tastes yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, there's there's definitely the driving force of those ridiculous coffees and that kind of, you know, very hands-on, very subtle craftsmanship of the growing process. But that's such a minimal part of the whole industry. But it does drive the potential yeah. of what the industry could be. But not every region is going to well, grow coffee you, that well. I think when you do invest... Quality-wise. I mean, flavor quality-wise. True. But, yeah. like you said, the hands that are doing it, you know, I mean, in the small town, yeah, there's mostly just dark roasted coffee. It's what people have. And so that's just kind of what I go get because that's what, you know, Mm-hmm. three of the four cafes have but i know that they they are buying organic good coffee and they're buying it from familiar sources that i'm you know that mm-hmm. we work with with conduit and uh they treat their employees really well you know and they're really good to the community around here and you know all that mm-hmm. it's like well yeah it's not my perfect cup of coffee as far as flavor goes but it's exactly what i know i'm gonna get and i know it's going to a good place right well, and I think that there's also, we talked about this before, but one of the beautiful dynamics of coffee is the more you invest in, in the people who make it, the better it tastes. Just because that's that's like the right. that's the nature of coffee. The more care you put into the plant and, and handling it along the way and the people who do that, the better actual quality you end up with. So there is a self-serving aspect to supporting quality coffee and right. and companies that support farmers because it does mean a better yeah and i think that you know i mean that's that's inherently the barrier with like the prefab pods and stuff like that because you don't have as much control over that you know and you're relying on a very vert- vertical vertically aligned right you know business structure that gets that coffee from the farm to your cup and you, you get so right. removed from the coffee too. Like you don't even see the coffee. Like it's it's encased in plastic inside other right. plastic inside boxes. And all you do is pop these things into the machine, and then you end up with this mysterious. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad cup of coffee. Is, and that's that like and habit that consumers get what you want, but it's not doing much for the coffee itself. I, I would definitely argue about it being a bad cup of coffee, <laughs> but I also. Uh, just have a lot of negative views on pod coffee in general, just because I think that it's right. about a consumerist attitude versus one of of deeply appreciating and uh, people. And Nespresso is owned by Nestle, uh, you know, and Nestle is yeah. like one of the largest landholders in these coffee growing regions, especially in Central America. And they've had some history that's not excellent, you know. And so you're part of that vertically aligned business structure. Is that's that's that giant money in that land that goes into that cup of into that pod but you know if that gets you into a better coffee routine you start drinking better coffee and you start realizing how hard it is to be a barista i mean that's that's adding positive energy to the coffee industry i think a little bit yeah i suppose Uh, it's it's hard to say it's like 
getting people into getting people from average coffee consumption into craft specialty coffee and like learning how to appreciate it that is a very hard challenge to to take someone that for the most part they have to achieve the curiosity at least the desire to discover on their own before they're willing to go further and in, in many ways, you kind of have to look at the systems which help people achieve that curiosity as, as a positive part of the process. Because they didn't exist, people would just consume coffee however they continue consuming coffee. And you wouldn't be able, like, you, you can't go to someone who just drinks coffee every day without any thought for it. Here's an AeroPress. Like, hey, check out all this like manual work you can do in the morning to create a coffee. And they'll be like, what? I just push a button over here and the investment in the equipment what's the difference right investment in equipment the time the understanding at the beginning you may not really be able to notice that much difference between the two coffees what you taste is going to be vastly different from what you've had and you might not like change so it's very hard to get a lot of people into that transition space if they haven't at least started to question what they themselves already experience I think about these things all the time because the the I mean the magazine and the stuff I do with that is that's the space where it exists is helping people bridge that gap and I've tried a lot of ways to connect with people and bring people from point A to point B and there has to be there has to be an internal catalyst before right. you can start that process. So, it does make me conflicted, but there are there are aspects of the of the coffee industry I don't like but which start those catalysts. Unfortunately, pods are kind of an end all. They get people out of like a really crappy coffee routine into just this gated community of plastic and trash. Yeah. On that positive note, coffeeloversradio.com. Mm-hmm. Join our Patreon. listens. Patreon page. Become a patron. Yep. Join our Patreon. We have now uh, unlocked all of our third crack episodes. We're not, we're not recording more third crack episodes, but we have a, a large history of, of an after show yep. we did called the third crack for about a year. They're um, a little more. Which you a can, little more crass. You can go listen to our, some of them. All right. <laughs> Cheers, all <right>. everyone. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Listen more. Subscribe. Share it with your friends. Review the show. All Send us your stuff. ratios. Thank you. Cheers. That's right. This has been Joseph. And Jesse. With Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.